And David answered the priest and said unto him, Of a truth, women have been kept from us about these three days since I came out. And the vessels of the young men are holy, and the bread is in a manner common, yea, though it were sacrificed this day in the vessel. 1 Samuel 21.5 Dear Heavenly Father, when the weight and burden of pursuing my calling becomes too much, fortify my mind so that the thought of going crazy isn't even an option. Instead, when my vision begins to wear on me, I will position myself and begin to worship you for who you are and for your faithfulness. For I know that that worship is my warship and will allow me to regain mental growth when I feel that my foundation is becoming unstable. Thank you for always placing me on the heart of my family and loved ones. Thank you that, like David in today's reading, at just the right time, they will come and comfort me in my time of need. Lord, as you begin to build the community for my dreams, I will not be taken back by what appears to be misfits, for I know that it is in the unlikeliest of relationships that greatness and loyalty are formed. So, I celebrate the difference. I celebrate the uniqueness. I celebrate the fact that through uncommon relationships, uncommon blessings and breakthroughs are born. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for praying with me today. Continue listening for an incredible Bible story brought to you by BibleInAYear.com. Running from Saul. In our last story, we learned how David and Jonathan made promises to one another. Jonathan would protect David from Saul, and David would show favor and love to Jonathan and his family for all his days. Jonathan learned that Saul's hatred for David still burned hot, so he warned David. David fled to the wilderness. In this story, we will learn how David continues to flee and visits Ahimelech, is given Goliath's sword, and then Engath pretends to be crazy in front of Achish, as inspired by the book of 1 Samuel. Hello, I'm Pastor Jack Graham with today's episode of the Bible in a Year podcast. In yesterday's story, we heard how Jonathan helped David evade Saul and how the two made an oath, a covenant together, that they would always seek each other's good. This is a touching picture of a friendship that is stronger even than family bonds. We saw how David fled from an increasingly angry and insane king, King Saul. Today, we'll continue this story with David on the run. He will use clever deception to protect himself. His intentions are always noble, and soon other outcasts will gather around him, furthering the anger of Saul. Let's listen now to today's reading from God's Word. David's chest was about to burst. Heavy rain fell, and lightning filled the skies with light. David's heart was racing, and his lungs couldn't gasp fast enough. He was completely exhausted. Running from Saul had cost him a great deal of energy. David needed food. David stumbled to Nob near the temple, and Ahimelech the priest came out to greet him. Ahimelech was afraid to see David, 
for he knew he was one of Saul's commanders. Why are you here alone? Ahimelech asked. David was overcome with hunger, thirst, and exhaustion. Out of angst, David lied to Ahimelech, saying, The king sent me on an important mission. I have an appointment with a young man here in Nob. Please, give me five loaves of bread or whatever you have here. The priest shook his head and said, Sadly, I only have the holy bread meant for ceremony. Only the priests and men who have kept themselves from women are allowed to eat it. David regained his composure and spoke with less desperation in his voice, saying, Whenever I or my men are on expedition, we are kept from women. We are truly worthy of the bread. David acted as though he was with a whole team of people to get more bread. The priest, not wanting to question David's authority, took the bread off of the altar and gave it to David. Do you have any weapons? David asked. The king's business required I leave immediately, so I did not bring any sword or spear. The priest's eyes lit up. He said nothing and beckoned David inside. The temple was warm and dry. David held the bread close to his chest, still feeling a slight sting of guilt as he carried it. The priest led David into a room. There was a figure on a table wrapped in cloth. The priest took it in his hands and began to unwrap it. A beautiful sword glistened in the candlelight. The priest lifted it up and gave it to David. He held it in his hands. It was a large sword but felt familiar to David. The priest smiled and said, This is the sword of Goliath the Philistine, whom you defeated in battle. It is the only weapon we have here. David's heart began to flutter as he held the sword he once used to cut the giant's head off. It seemed like a lifetime ago. Not long had passed before Saul caught wind of where David was. So, in a hurry, David fled to Gath to escape. Gath was the homeland of Goliath and Philistine country. David, afraid and alone, ventured into enemy territory with Goliath's sword sheathed on his side. Achish, the king of Gath, was perplexed by David's arrival. The people of Gath had thought all along that David was the king of Israel. This meant David was in more danger than he realized. Achish's servants brought David in. So David, in an attempt to save himself, began to act insane. He marked his chambers with odd symbols and drooled all over himself. Achish was perturbed by his servants bringing David in. Do you think I need more madmen in my home? So he had David depart from his presence. David departed immediately from Gath and escaped to a cave in Adullam. David wallowed in the loneliness of the cave, crying out to God in his distress. There he wrote songs to God. In the darkness he questioned God, praised God, and loved God. It was not long before David's family discovered where he was. They came to him and ministered to him. Shortly after, many men from Israel began to flock to David. Men who were outcasts, debitors, and bitter found hope in the presence of David. Four hundred men stood in front of David, following his every command and hanging on every word. This was David's new flock, a flock of misfits and social outcasts. Broken were given purpose under David's command. This would be a foreshadowing of the Christ to come hundreds of years later. David and his men dwelled in the land of Moab for a short while, and then departed to the forests of Judah. 
There David and his men became close, and their strength and numbers grew day by day. Saul was told of David's new community, and how four hundred unruly men followed him everywhere he went. All of a sudden, David was an even bigger threat to Saul. He became furious with his servants that they had allowed his whereabouts to go unreported for so long. More so, he was outraged with Jonathan, who had made a covenant with David. Saul raged in his throne room. One of his servants then told him that David was given the sword of Goliath by Ahimelech. This caused Saul to pause. Saul said nothing. His eyes were glazed over in rage. He gathered his things and his men, and they departed to Nob to find Ahimelech. Saul burst open the temple doors where Ahimelech and the priests of Nob served. The priests cowered in fear as Saul approached them with his armed men. Saul's face was red, and his eyes were piercing. Saul walked among the priests, pointing his sword at Ahimelech. The priest was trembling as Saul's sword lightly touched his robes. Hear me, priest, Saul spoke with silent rage. Why have you conspired against me and armed David? You clothed him, fed him, and gave him a weapon of great importance. Ahimelech could barely speak, he was so afraid. He managed to stutter out a few words, saying, My lord, I thought David was one of your most faithful servants. He is your son-in-law and a captain over your army. I know very little of any dispute you have with him. Saul did not listen to the words of the priest. His rage had blinded his eyes and cut off his hearing. He turned to his men and said, Kill them all. But his men did not move. To kill a priest over this would be an absolute sin, and these men would not budge. Saul yelled again, Kill them! But the men did not move. So Saul turned to his trusted servant Doeg, who then killed 85 priests and their families. The priestly town of Nob was painted red with Saul's jealousy. At this moment, Saul was completely given over to sin's hold over his mind. One of the sons of Ahimelech escaped the bloodshed and fled to the forest where David and his men lived. David's heart was tied in knots over the news. He felt responsible for their deaths, since he had sought refuge there and lied to Ahimelech. David's self-preservation had caused the needless slaughter of priests. David anguished over this and protected Ahimelech's son. Today's story in God's Word begins with David fearfully on the run, desperate for a place to hide. He flees to Nob, where he encounters a priest named Elimelech. His presence is concerning to the priest. Why would one of Saul's generals be there? David was desperate. But he also may have wanted to provide this man some plausible deniability when Saul came asking questions. Whatever the reason, David actually lies and tells Elimelech he's on a mission from the king. He asks the priest for bread or whatever food he might have. Elimelech tells him all he has is the ceremonial holy bread meant only for the priest and men who have refrained from intimacy with women. David says he and his men are always kept from women while on an expedition. His words led Elimelech to believe he was not alone, and so the priest gave David the bread from the altar. Here's something very important. Christ would later use this story to teach the Pharisees about the true purposes of the Sabbath and God's ceremonial laws. 
David's heart was being obedient to God, and eating the bread meant for priests was justified in such a time of need to strengthen David for what he was facing. David then reveals that he is traveling without a weapon, so Ahimelech shows him something surprising. For some reason, the sword that Goliath had carried, the very one David had used to chop off the giant's head, is in the temple. Why it is there is unclear. But David is given this sword to take as protection for his journey. This is ironic since David was the one who, of course, defeated the giant and now has his sword. But what David does next is unusual. When Saul discovers where he is, David ventures into Gath, which is not only Philistine territory, but Goliath's homeland. Alone, David is easily captured by the people of Gath, who believed him to be Israel's king. But when he is taken into the palace, David pretends to be insane. He puts on quite an act, so the king sends them away unharmed. Finally, David is able to escape to a cave where he is joined by his family. His family gives him comfort and aid. He is also joined by other outcasts, men of Israel who stood by David and found hope in this man who would one day soon be king. 1 Samuel 22 and verse 2 records this. Listen to how they foreshadow another who would come to Bethlehem and gather the broken and the hurting unto himself. And everyone who was in distress and everyone who was in debt and everyone who was bitter in soul gathered to him and he became commander over them. In David, we see here a glimpse of Christ, who would one day bring hope not only to Israel, but the whole world. Meanwhile, Saul, consumed by hatred and completely given over to evil, confronts Halimelech. He accuses him of betrayal. He will hear none of the priest's reasons. Halimelech was a man of God, but Saul was so far gone, he had his servant slaughter this man and more than 80 priests and their families that day. Only one would escape, Elimelech's son, who told David what had happened. David knew his deception was to blame for the bloodshed, and he was terribly grieved. He promised to protect Elimelech's son and remained there with the ragtag group of outcasts that had become his army. We'll hear what happens the next time in God's Word. Dear God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the story of David's life that ultimately points us to the greater David, the good shepherd who is the Lord Jesus Christ, who was born, who lived, who died, and rose again to bring hope to the world. And it is in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's Bible in a Year podcast. I'm Jack Graham from Dallas, Texas. Download the Pray.com app and make prayer and Bible study a priority in your life. If you enjoyed this podcast, share it with someone you love or know. And by sharing this podcast, we can get the Word of God to the world. And if you want more resources on how to tap into God's power for Christian living, be sure to visit jackgraham.org. God bless you. This episode is sponsored by MediShare, an innovative healthcare solution for Christians to save money without sacrificing quality.